Good morning. So we've been talking about um, the um, mission and vision of the church. I was told this once, if you speak very low, people start listening to you. Is this true? <laughs> so um, we've been talking about the mission and vision of the church, and today we're actually going to talk about the values. We have the values out, please. I'm going to read them out loud, and I might need help for you guys to read one of them with me. So we have, a, we worship Jesus passionately. We proclaim the good news of Jesus unapologetically. We serve humbly for the good of others. We gather to encourage and grow one another into Christ-likeness. We confess we radically need the grace of God every moment of every day. Um, we have three of our leaders here. We're going to ask them a few questions that they are going to introduce themselves and what ministry they have at the church, and then uh, we'll go from there. Hi, everybody. My name's Hannah, and uh, two of the things that I do here at the church that I'm going to talk about today is helping on the teaching preaching team and then also helping with our discipleship track and assimilation. I don't like that word. It's a weird word. Just reminds me of Star Trek. Any Trekkies? Okay. Um, so assimilation, integration, trying to get people involved and maturing through classes and other opportunities that we have here. My name is Julie Mitchell, and I am the life group coordinator. Hello. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jen Baker, and I am the worship director here at Hill City Church. And I'm Franco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which value does, uh, let's start here. Let, uh, the next slide, please. Which value does the ministry you mentioned represents and why is it important for the church? So the value that um, is most represented by what I mentioned is proclaiming the good news of Jesus unapologetically. And that applies a lot more to um, the preaching that we do on Sunday, but hopefully it represents what we all do as individual members of this church body in learning more about the gospel and then being able to present it to people we know in our family, at work, um, wherever we are. And I think sometimes that sounds really intimidating to people because they imagine it is getting up on stage, having a microphone, and put, having a lesson put together, knowing a lot about the Bible. But preaching the gospel really is being familiar with the pretty simple story of God's plan for the world um, from beginning to end and being able to live that out and apply it in your life. And I think the difference that people see in your life is part of that proclamation because people aren't very interested in knowing what's different about you unless you're living differently. So hopefully what we do on Sundays is just part of what this church community does to proclaim the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to die for us, but also that he resurrected so that we can live in new life and live out victory over sin, over the darkness in this world, and really work for mercy and justice to be shown to everyone and show the kingdom of God to people. Okay, the value um, that my ministry represents is that we gather to encourage and grow one another in Christ-likeness. 
And um, that really goes along with our life group ministry. When we first started, started this church back in 2011, um, we actually were in a middle school and it was a set up and tear down every single week. And we knew that if we were gonna build a healthy community of believers, it was gonna have to take place outside of the Sunday morning experience. Um, because as you know, you know, Sunday morning is just a quick kind of in and out. Um, sometimes we can talk for a few minutes before or after services, but that doesn't really build um, deep, lasting relationships. And so from the very beginning, we started leading life groups. Um, I think I had a 10-day-old when we started our first life group here for Hill City. I think uh, the O's baby was two weeks old. I mean, it was not an ideal time, but we just decided this is um, one of the key foundations that we want to build our church on. And so um, over the last several years, our life groups have kind of had different um, focuses and it's grown. Um, the ministry has gone from just being a couple groups. Um, this session, we're going to actually have eight groups. And what life groups are, are just people meeting together in a home. Um, we have a discussion prompt, and we just talk about God. We talk about the Bible. We talk about our lives. And I think one of the most important things um, that we really want is just to learn all of our stories. Every single person here has a beautiful story. Um, no matter whether you see the beauty in it right now or not, um, we want to know what you've gone through and how we can be a support to each other. And over the years, I mean, I'm like looking out right now, and I have been in life group with probably a third of you at maybe half. I've been in life group with a lot of you guys. And so that's how I know about your, you know, grandmother who's sick or your divorce or whether you're child you know has been in the hospital like that's how we know what's really going on in each other's lives and um, that is just so important to us we don't want this sunday morning experience to be where um, church ends for you it should just be the very beginning okay so um the value that uh i my ministry kind of uh, represents is that we worship Jesus passionately, and uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try to keep it short because when I was asked to talk about why worship is important, I was like, uh, I could teach like a two-hour class on why worship is important. So I'm gonna try to reference my notes to keep myself on track so I don't end up preaching the entire sermon today. Um, so our worship really is a a response right, to who God is, his goodness and his faithfulness, and just because of who he is, not because we're expecting anything in return, but just because God is good and he deserves the worship. And in a corporate setting, when we're all here together, it's our corporate, you know, worship, our corporate response to our mutual adoration of the one who, who made us and who knew us before we were born. And he, he doesn't need our worship. He, he doesn't sit around hoping that we will worship him. We're actually the ones who need the worship because it changes us. It changes our heart. It changes our mindset. It changes our attitude. Amen. And the closer that we are to him and the more time that we spend with him, the more that we become like him. And then our focus begins to shift 
and we start to see through a new lens. We start to see life through a new lens, and we start seeing the people around us and our situations through a lens of hope, which is Jesus Christ. And that place of peace in him becomes sort of our directional north. It's that place we go when we don't know where to go. And in times of trouble or adversity, he becomes that place of refuge for us. And his presence becomes this safe place we go to. Uh, and we're known there. We're completely known. We're completely loved, unconditionally loved. And we're continually changed and we become more like him and we start to reflect him and then we start to become more of who he has called us to be as his children. Um, another reason we worship is because it's a way for us to demonstrate to God that we are in complete surrender to him. So when we lift our hands in worship and we say, you know, I give it all to you, God, it's, we're symbolizing, God, we give you everything, everything that we're going with, everything that we are, all that is us worships all that you are because you are good and because you deserve it. John 4 says that the Father is seeking those who will worship him in, in spirit and in truth. And really what that means is, you know, in, in a time of worship when, when who we are connects with God and who he is and you know, the very innermost being of who we are exalts all of who he is. But we also understand that in that moment, it doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter what's going on with us because we understand the, the truth of who he is. And we acknowledge and we agree with the truth of who he is and that he deserves to be worshipped no matter what, without exception. So, Worship is important because not only does it glorify God and put him in the place where he deserves to be exalted and high and lifted up, but it also changes us. And the more that we spend time with him and the closer we become to him, the more we start to look like him to other people around us and to the people who don't know him and need him the most. Wow. Um, how the church as a whole can join in the mission and vision of Hill City. Well, I mentioned it a little bit before, but um, in joining in and proclaiming the gospel, part of that has to do with taking what you learn on a Sunday morning, take what, taking what you learn through your own Bible study during the week, and uh, through the different opportunities we have, like like for groups or um, like our times of worship, taking those things and letting them really transform you through the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can get involved in those opportunities when you can proclaim the gospel to others. And like I said, proclamation of the gospel can sound like a very intimidating idea, especially if you aren't a person who has like you're not the type that has really in-depth conversations about these things with your coworkers or friends or family. So I think really just taking that first step of letting the gospel change you and submitting yourself to it and, and what God says in his word is really the first step. And you can do that all sorts of ways, obviously, by coming here on a Sunday morning and intentionally preparing yourself to learn something. Um, coming and sitting just to sit in church and have that check mark on your list is not what we're about. It's not why we're here. It's about providing opportunities 
to equip you so that you can go out in your own life and be that example. And there are also other ways we have different classes that occur during the year, like Growth Track, and um, we started a new one last year called Cultivate, which is all about the basics of Christianity. And through all those different opportunities, even life group material and preaching material we're going to have coming up through the Rooted series, uh, they are all ways to dig deeper into the story of God so that you can live that out in your life and live it out in front of other people. Okay, well, this is a very timely message because all of you guys should have gotten a brochure. We put it on every other seat. So if you happen to be sitting by somebody who grabbed it, there's more in the back. Um, but this brochure is our life group um, brochure for this spring session. And we have um, eight groups that we're going to be offering. Um, we have one on Thursday, there's a couple on Friday, and a couple on Sunday. Um, and there's about 22 leaders that have said, I'm willing to set apart nine weeks of my life to welcome the people of this church into it. And I really hope that um, if you're on the fence about joining a life group that um, I've been praying that the Holy Spirit will really speak to your heart about that because we really need each other. Um, it's easy to kind of live your life just going to work or doing things with your kids or whatever it is and not realize um, how much you need people and how much people actually need you. Um, I always tell people, like, you know, when they say, oh, I just I don't have time for it. Well, maybe someone really needs to hear your story. Um, maybe you get a chance to minister to somebody in a group. So I'm just challenging everybody. Um, don't let small things get in the way. Um, I, if, if child care is a barrier, come talk to me. If getting in the house is a barrier, come talk to me. Whatever it is, I'm going to try my best to help pave the way for every person here to be able to go to a life group because that's really where life happens. Um, we do a lot of just celebrating together. We go through hard times together. Um, it, through the life groups, that's how you know when someone at this church is you know, in the hospital or is expecting a baby or getting married, whatever it is. Um, I just really want every person here to be known and also to know each other. Um, because like when I look out, I, I just, I have done life with a lot of you guys and I am so grateful. Like life groups have made a huge impact on my life and I really want that for all of you guys. Um, so please talk to me. If there's a reason that you're nervous, um, I can try to, to ease your mind. And really, don't worry. You don't have to come with your stuff together. If anything, just bring all of your mess. It's okay because your life group leaders are complete messes too. Like that's the beautiful thing. Like none of us have it together. They're not, um, you know, get, having you into their home to you know, just instruct you in, in their ways because they've managed to raise up a perfect life. Like, we're all messy, and we just want to come together and do our messy lives together and get to know a God who actually has the control to clean up those messes. Um, so I just really want to encourage you guys. And, um, yeah, if you have any questions, concerns, please just come talk to me. Um. One way I would say that the, the church can get involved with um, 
worshiping Jesus passionately. I mean, aside from coming together on a Sunday morning and, you know, we're all together, unified, worshiping him in spirit and in truth, as the word says, um, I would say, honestly, the biggest thing you could do to worship when you are not in this place is to take him with you when you leave here. And let this be the place where you, you know, you're refreshed and you're reloaded and you're kind of equipped to go out and be sent out, um, you know, along with your, your daily prayer time, your time in the word and your time just being spent with him. Let those be times where you are transformed and then let that transformation be seen, as Hannah was saying, in your daily life. Um, let, let your family see that, that God is turning your anger into joy. Let your coworkers see that what would normally send you into a spiral is just rolling off of your back because you have a new outlook. You have a fresh perspective on life. You're looking through the lens of Christ now, and, and it's not going to bother you the same way that it did. And people will see. They will see that there is something different about you, and they will want to know what is different about you. And your consistency and your faithfulness to stay in that place with him and to walk with him daily and let him take over your thoughts and help you control your actions, those are the things that um, are going to become worship in everything you do to the glory of God. No matter where you are, no matter what you do, every single day on a daily basis, God can work through you and, and to those around you. Don't think that all of, you know, ministry is reserved for the stage because it's not ministry is where you are it's with your family it's with your co-workers if you would just allow God to make that transformation in you and see the people let the people around you see the change in you because that will be the biggest witness and the biggest evidence to them that God has done something in your life and he can also do something in their life Thank you, ladies. I think this is what we got for, for today. Uh, if you guys want to give them a clap. Um, also, um, I just heard my son saying dad a few times, and it just feels like a call of action for us to be part of the church. And uh, I think John message will give us some of this, too. That's a good interlude, too. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. I'm just taking that in. As a child calls out the word dad, right? Think about that for a moment. Because praise is innately in us. It's what we do, right? Um, I believe all of those things, all of our values flow out of praise and worship of God. And, and it might not, and it, it, I, I want to, I don't want to make that complicated just think about that child calling out for dad because of their relationship with the father, right? So anytime you see things of dad, you, you yell out dad, like, oh, I see you. I see you. And uh, uh, I, I was thinking about this before I jump into here. Does anyone have a friend that spoils movies? You, you got a son that spoils movies? <laughs> yeah. Take him to no movies. <laughs> Yeah. And why do they spoil the movies? Because they're excited, right? They're like, you got to see this. Oh, I, 
you got to see when, when this and this happens. And you're like, I didn't watch it yet. You know? <laughs> it's been two weeks. That's the rule. Right? After two weeks, we get to talk about it. Uh, but, like, they're so excited about movies. Uh, I have a friend named Gunnar, and he's, he's a movie buff. And, and, uh, and we were talking about Star Wars the other night, and Chris was like, don't tell me anything about it. But he said, there's a two-week rule. <laughs> You've passed the week, two-week rule. But it, everyone wanted to talk about it, but Christian was the letdown, right? He was like, don't talk about it around me. Uh, but I was, I was just thinking, when you're really excited about something, you yell out, oh, you got to see this, or you, gotta, you yell out, dad. Anyone know of a good restaurant around here? You tell everyone about it, because there's like, you know, there's only a couple really good restaurants. You, it, it's like, it, it comes out of you. We are all made to praise things we love and enjoy, right? It, it praise is not hard when we love and enjoy something. When you know the depth of something, it just is something that comes out of you. I wrote a little, and this is, might not be something like you do, but I wrote like a little thing on praise and worship of probably on Friday, I was just thinking about God, and I was thinking about his goodness, and I, that, this is what I wrote, and I don't know how you guys write about things, but I journal every once in a while when I'm feeling it, and many times I don't. I'm not always constant, uh, but this is what I wrote. We praise what we love and find beautiful, right? Because when you see something beautiful, there's a response. There's an awe. You're, you're shocked, right? We have to tell someone because we love, because love always spills over and we cannot, it cannot remain with us. Two young people in love make me sick. You know why? Because they're just constantly, oh, you're beautiful. No, you are. I love you. No, you can't love me that much, right? They're like just so gross. You're like, oh my goodness, just shut your mouth and do that. You know, talk about that somewhere else. Don't be right. It's, it's because they're so, they can't stop but bubble over with praising one another because we praise naturally what's in us and what we find beautiful. If it's a person or a song or a restaurant or experience or a vacation, we plaster it all over social media. So we pray, praise really shows us what we think of God. When we come into this place and we begin to worship and praise God. What we're doing is we're telling everyone else what we really think of God. It's not perfunctory. It's not just something we do because we walk into this place. We get focused on the beauty of God, the awe of God. And the more you know God, the more you just have to praise him. We think of uh, the, the mature, right? Oh, we don't need, some people get mature Christians, right? We don't need to praise him. I just think deep thoughts about him but i believe maturity is absolutely the opposite the more you know god the more you understand god praise comes out of you because you know him more you're inclined to praise him in the deep places the deep things of god because he has shown you that praise is the barometer of the inner self people who can praise is healthy on the inside and unashamed and don't care what others think about them that's maturity right then because they don't care so much, because they care more for God than others, right? For what other people might say. Praise is the eruption of the soul who knows God. I was like, that was a good one, John. A high five, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I just wrote, yeah, have you ever been around someone who does CrossFit? Do you know what the first rule of CrossFit is? Talk about CrossFit. Yeah. Do you know what the second rule of CrossFit is? Go to rule number one. 
Yeah. And it's it, the same thing for vegans. You know, you've been around a vegan, you know what they do? They talk about veganism constantly and how you're killing animals, which is your auntie, right? Sorry, I apologize if you're vegan in here. It's not good. This is not a good start. But that's praise. And everything flows from praise. And Christians and people who might be seeking after just like, man, what is God about? It's God is about this walk with him that we find more beautiful and more beautiful every day. And if that's not the direction that our walk is coming to, maybe we need to stop for a moment. Because we can be so distracted with, with life. We can be so distracted and fall into this system. And we've been talking about this way of life that is not Jesus' way. And it's the way of, of whatever, you know, cultural church or American church. And we can miss God altogether and no longer find them beautiful because we think that all we need to do is this, that, and the other instead of finding the beauty of God that erupts with praise, that erupts with praise. I want you to know how to praise God well, that worship God well. Hill City, we need to be known as passionate worshipers of God, not because that's cool and and, and that's what you should do, but because we know God better, and we're thankful for who he is and what he's doing. Amen? I'm going to pray. I'm going to read some values, and then I'm going to run right into this. Heavenly Father, I, I just believe that's what you wanted to say, Lord, yeah. We praise what we love and find beautiful, and I pray, God, as we get to know you well, that we praise you, God. We learn to praise you and find just such beauty in you and let it be an eruption of our soul, Lord God. Every time we come in here, we get to praise you together. We don't waste a moment, Lord God, to praise you, Lord God, because we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. If you're new, my name is John. And, uh, and what we're doing today is... We're going to put up, if you want to put up the values, we're going to put up these values. And I wrote them, and I used the wrong colors, obviously. We worship, we proclaim, we gather, we serve, we confess, we pray, and we train. I just added these two because we need those two because this is how uh, we wanted to add those last two. We pray and we train. And uh, we got to talk about most of these, worship, proclamation, why we gather, and uh, week one, we talked about serving. And today, I'm going to talk about confession, prayer, and training. Confession, tr- prayer, and training. Con- say confession, confession. Prayer, prayer, training. All right. Because you, the most important thing is who are we becoming, right? Today, I just want to remind you that we're all becoming something. And we're either becoming more like Jesus because we're putting our lives into the pattern of Jesus or we're becoming whatever, you know, Netflix says you need to become or Amazon says you need to become. Everyone has a plan for us. Isn't that true? Our society, our government, they have a plan for us. But God also has a plan for us, a system for us, a way, the truth in life. And, and I, wanna, I, I want to, us to walk into that plan. So today, if you have your Bibles, please go to Exodus 6. All right, that's the weakest ever. We celebrate the word of God. And if you have your Bibles, go to Exodus 6. Uh, 
that's way better, way better. It just makes me feel good, right? You, you don't want a golf clap when you're like, well, let's, let's, I'm excited. They're like, you don't want that. Uh, but uh, this, in this passage, this is God speaking to Moses about his people, right? Exodus means this, this, this departure, this, this, this exiting. This, that's where we get those words that God is doing something. He's, he's leading us out. And, and in this passage, Moses, God's, talking, God's talking to Moses about his people, that he's going to bust them out of Egypt, but he's going to take a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. That's called training, all right? That's called training. I'm going to read this, and we'll run right in. It says, moreover, Exodus 6, 5 to 9, moreover, I have heard the groanings of my people whom the Egyptians are, are enslaving. I have remembered my covenant. He's saying, I remember my promise to your ancestors. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from the under the yoke of, of, of Egypt, of the Egyptians. That's number one. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with this outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. That's the second thing he'll do. And I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the yoke of the Egyptians. And I'll bring you to a land I swore with uplifted hands and give to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you as your possession. I am the Lord. It's the word of God. Imagine that you and your family have been imprisoned for years. I know that's hard to imagine because we live in this such a, a society. But it's been a long time that you've, these people have tasted freedom. Imagine that you have been enslaved for, for generations and you've not tasted slavery. I mean, not tasted freedom. You don't even know what that feels like. And now all of a sudden, you're released free to start this new life, right, and, and to dream again and to build again. And, and we're like, man, that sounds good. That sounds easy. Well, it's absolutely not. It's not easy to, once you're locked into something to, like, walk in this freedom, even, even though you have the freedom. This is a hard road of unlearning and learning. Just, uh, just stay with me. As many of you know, people who have been incarcerated in the, in the next three years, that almost half of them will return back to prison in, in the next three years, right? Battered women, many will continue to take back their abusers and will return over and over and over again. Many of us who have dealt with addiction or are currently dealing with addiction, we know how this is like. We feel like, oh, I think I got freedom, and then over and over again, going right back in. But why? Because there's something in the human condition that learns to adapt to bad situations. We're like, I guess this is just my situation. We just accept these bad situations. No matter how difficult or painful they might be, when they are in it long enough, they will find it difficult to function without captivity. Just think about these thoughts. It's their new normal. And that's why God said in this verse in Exodus, I'm the Lord your God. I'm going to bring you out of the yoke of Egypt. And then he says, and I will free you from being slaves to them. It's interesting. You would think that he's just saying the same thing twice. But he says, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, the yoke of Egypt. And I'm going to bring you out of this, this mindset of being slaves. 
right? That's two different things. I'm taking you somewhere, and now I have to free you. I have to, I have to teach you something, and you have to unlearn something. God did not only have to set his people free from the Egyptians. He had to set them free from a mindset, from their, these values that they have learned for years, these captive identities. See, we can be free, yet totally in bondage. Think about that. We can be absolutely free to make decisions. You can be free, right, and totally be captured. We can go to church. We can commit to Jesus, yet still be controlled by our old life. People have left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave the people. So many, many of us may be in this room. We got messed up. We got messed up by our past, by afflictions in our past. Many of us through past relationships, past sins, past habits, past identities. And if we're ever going to move into the future God has for us, we have to unlearn as much as we learn the way of Jesus, the way that God is leading us. Romans 12, 2, Paul speaks of this. He says, do not conform to the patterns. Say patterns. Patterns of this world. There's patterns. There's a way of this world, right? But you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's not just by accepting it. There has to be a renewal taking place. There has to be a washing taking place. There has to be something that's taken down and something reconstructed. We think that we're good when we're just taking something down. But what we need to do is also reconstruct something in our lives. And that takes time. It's not instantaneous, right? And so we're, we're renewing this mind and renewing a way of thinking and renewing a way of living. We're renewing a pattern of God. That's what he's showing us. So we hold on to Jesus who saves us, and yet he continues to save us. I, I think we forget that he continues to save us. I think we're like, all right, I said the prayer. I'm going to church now. I'm doing some good things. And then we forget that God is continuing to save us. He's not just saving us. It, salvation is, in the Greek, it's to be, it's, it's being saved, not only be saved, right? So we are being saved. That, that's a beautiful thing to talk about, that God is continually working with us. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. And as we're growing in him, we're finding more beautiful things about God. Right? The longer that I'm married to Candace, I'm like, I cannot believe you married me. <laughs> I find more beautiful things that, uh, about Candace as, as time goes by. I tell her, if you were older, we would have never got married. <laughs> I fooled you when you were young. <laughs> and I find that I am telling you it is the truth because I am crazy. The people who know me well, they're like, oh, John, he's He's just doing his John stuff, and I am. I'm staring at things. I, when we go in, when we're in other cities, I, I walk off and get lost, and Candace is like, where were you? I was like, I was just looking at beautiful things, and I just get lost very easily, and, 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 and she accepts that. Thank you. Thank you. But the more I walk with Candace in this life, the more beautiful I find her, the more in love I find her, because that's, that's our walk with God. And if, when we stop walking with God, 
and we stop at this moment of salvation, now you have my life, then there is a depth of God, a sea of God that we have no idea about, a beauty, a love, a sense, an awe of God that we have no sense of. And so we're walking just with one eye, right? We're walking just blinded and, not, and we don't understand the depth of God. I want you to know God better, that he's gooder. I mean it. That's not, I apologize for all, you, all the English teachers in this place. I know that's not a good word. But that, that God is saving us and he's continuing to save us. He's continuing, he's continuing, continue, continuing, there we go, to save you and me. So p- please don't stop at salvation. Please don't stop at when you're feeling. Don't just, when, we're, we're, when you're worshiping, when Jen's leading you in, in song, some of you guys are like, I don't like to sing, right? Then sing out of the beauty of God then, not of the beauty of your voice. And so we walk, we take another step of maturity, another step. And the more steps you take, it is like, it's like walking up a 14er. And then when you get to the top, you know what's so funny? You're shocked every time. If you've ever walked up to the, to the edge of the mountain, and you think, oh, I've, I've been here before. Then you get up there, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy, right? And you're taking pictures because you want someone else to know how wonderful it is. And that is the beauty of God that I want you to, like, just be in love with, to have. And that's why the values, those are the values that we start with. We're relearning. We're unlearning, and we're relearning in the school of Jesus. So I'm going to break this down right here. So here are some ways we can break out of Egypt and get Egypt out of us. Number one, if you're going to write this down, confession. Confession. Confession is only beautiful if you find Jesus beautiful. I mean that. Confession is really hard if it's just something that you have to do because you've done some bad stuff. No, you, you, you want to go to your father. You, man, you remember that, you remember that uh, little meme I put up a couple uh, weeks ago? It says, oh, man, I messed up, I guess. And, and the, it says, uh, I guess I have to tell my father, right? And then the, the gospel says, Man, I messed up. Man, I have to tell my father. It's, it's this heart of wanting to be with God because you know he's good. You know that he's good. And so confession, when we confess to God, we have insurance of his forgiveness. That's 1 John 1, 9. We also confess to one another, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So that you may be healed. The, the effective, uh, the prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. I love that. Confession to God takes care of our past, but confession to one another makes sure it doesn't happen again. It brings accountability, and we're learning freedom from other people who are being freed as well. And and that's why we need groups. That's why we need authentic Christ-centered communities to live our lives in, where people know you well, people who love God and love you, who are willing to put their relationship on the line to say, hey, man, that's going to hurt you. That's going to destroy you. The way you're treating your wife, that's wrong. That's going to hurt your relationship in the, in the long run. The way you, 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 you deal with your finances, you, just, you can't be just like aloof, you know? You need to be wiser with that. The way you speak to your children, be careful. They hear every word you say. They love you enough 
True faith is communal. God designed it this way. When we confess, there's this spiritual momentum that takes place as we verbalize it. Confession should be natural and normal as we walk with God. And it's beautiful. Number two, we pray. I don't even know if I made a slide for that, but we pray. There we go. I, one of my favorite authors, is a, his name is Tim Keller. And of course, you've, if you've come to at least five services here, you've heard about Tim Keller once, right? He's, a, he's like my mentor that is not my mentor. He's the guy I try to contact on Twitter and never writes me back. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> right? He writes this in his book on prayer, which is an incredible book. And if you, have, if you need a book on prayer, I don't know if I would recommend that as your first book on prayer, but it's an incredible book on prayer. It's called Prayer by Tim Keller. And he writes this, Prayer is the only entryway into genuine self-knowledge. It is also the main way we experience deep, deep change, the reordering of our loves. Prayer is how God gives us so many of, of the unimaginable things that he has for us. Indeed, prayer makes it's safe for God to give us many of the things we most desire. It is the way we know God, the way we finally treat God as God. Prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. I apologize for the colors. Prayer has to be primary, guys. I believe that the American church, we don't pray. Like, let's be straight. Right? We, we want, like, something. We want the hack. What is the hack to prayer, John? Well, here's the hack to prayer. Pray. Right? But uh, can I just, like, get a meme of prayer and then post it on my Facebook? Is that pray? I don't know. Right? <laughs> pray. You got to pray just to make it today for all my 90s fans. That's MC Hammer. And they're, like, anyone in their 20s, who's MC Hammer? <laughs> right? Yeah, it makes, you, it makes me feel old. <laughs> He's the guy with the baggy pants. They're, they're almost in style again. That's right, I can't touch this. That's good. That's right. Prayer is primary. Church, Hill City, prayer has to be primary. Unless, prayer is primary. You're like, I know. No, I don't think you know. I don't think you know. If everything that we get from God, if everything we understand about God starts from this heart of prayer, then we don't know. We don't know. We ask other questions. God, how do I get to know you better? Pray. No, how other ways? How, what is another way to know, get to know? Why don't you pray? Uh, I don't like that answer, John. Yeah, we pray. Man, I, I can't forgive this person. I told someone, start praying for them. Start praying for them because it just reveals your heart. And God can do work in you. Pray. It's not our last resort. It's our first response. Prayer allows God to be God in every situation. Hill City, we must be people of prayer. They're like, John, that's boring. I know. It's only boring because you don't understand prayer yet. You'll find the beauty of God as you pray. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it takes time. Yes, you're not good at it. But you will be as you Pray, yeah, you practice it. Practice the way of Jesus. Prayer is not optional in your walk with Christ. It is just not optional. 
Prayer is the doorway to everything that God is and God has for you. Pray. James 5, 13 to 16. I'll read you the whole passage. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Just count it out loud. That's one. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise, which is also a type of praying, right? Is anyone sick among you? Let them call on the elders to pray. That's number three. Over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that the other so that uh, each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective in those three verses six times it tells you to pray it says pray 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 oh what should i do pray you should pray people who don't pray don't grow ouch they stay stuck they stu- they stay in this lower view of god and I don't, I don't know how else to say that without just saying it, right? We can read a lot. We can do all these things. But if we do not pray, we will always have this view of God as like this vending machine. And the beauty of God will not be found until, you, man, you immerse yourself with more of God. People who don't pray don't know God. Yeah. Everyone in the Bible that has done anything uh, in their stories, one thing they're all known for that they prayed they prayed this is how we train to be like jesus we worship we proclaim we gather we serve we confess we pray that's how we train and this year we want to train you in classes we want to pray together with you we in discipleship in rooted get into a group don't give yourself an excuse this year Don't be stuck this year and say, God, where are you? Or why am I feeling stuck? Well, maybe we're not gathering. Maybe we're not proclaiming. Maybe we're not worshiping. Maybe we're not serving. Well, maybe we're not confessing. Maybe we're not praying. Maybe we're not training. Like, let's not ask that question in that way. Maybe we should ask God, how, how do you want me to get involved? How do you want to do this in my life? This is the way of Jesus. This is how we practice his life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. And the way of Jesus, as we live in the way of Jesus, the way he lived with the truth of Jesus gives us the life of Jesus. So let's just bow our heads for a moment. The worship team is going to, they're going to just pray and uh, play as we pray. Just for a moment, just bow your heads. I know some of you might be your first or second or third time and god i believe god is speaking to so many people's hearts it has nothing to do with the greatness of my message or what we spoke about but it is us pointing back to jesus if you're in this room today and you feel far from god or you come in here and you're looking for spirituality because you've tried to live this life your own way you've tried to like make sense of life your own way and it totally doesn't make sense or you've you've made sense of it and still doesn't fulfill a thing it lacks purpose and you need jesus today if that's you today would you pray would you just with your heads bowed would you just respond i just man i need to make a i need to change my life 
If that's you, just raise your hand. I need Jesus today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we love you, God. God, the last thing I want people in this room to be is frustrated in their walk with you. Maybe you're doing that on purpose to shake them up, Lord God. Because when we get apathetic or frustrated long enough, we give up, God. See, maybe there isn't any purpose, and you're like, man, would you just pray? Would you just open your eyes for a moment to see the beauty all around you? Would you climb up that 14er to see from a different perspective? I believe God is speaking to many of you guys today. Heavenly Father, for every person that raised their hands or didn't raise their hands and know that there has to be a change in their life today, God, I pray, will you fill them with your Holy Spirit today? Will you fill them with your love and your beauty today, Lord God? Would you fill them with laughter and people and relationships, Lord God? Will they be bold enough to get into a group and share their lives together, Lord God? Thank you for saving today, Lord God. They're going to put up some questions. This is my last slide. And here's three questions for you guys. And I want you guys to think about it. I know every week I've been asking questions. What values do you live by today? Maybe you're like, I don't know. Some, some are said, some are unsaid, right? What gets most of your time, most attention, most affection? Number two. Ask God what he values. Then compare that list with yours. This life is that short. We must reorder our lives to what matters most. We cannot live distracted this year in 2020. We cannot live distracted. We can gain the whole world yet lose our soul and never really live the life that God has for us. I think the biggest thing that our enemy wants to do is keep us dist distracted. Because we'll just continue to live this life as normal and never see or understand the beauty that God has for you. And lastly, take this next moment to pray and make a plan. Just take a moment as they play over you guys.
relationship with you. We have a chance, God, to, to be transformed by you, Lord, to show others and to tell others how good you are, Lord. Just be so bright in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, and we love you. Thank you for this time with you. Be lifted high in this place today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. time. I'm going to ask the ushers to come on and come up forward. We're going to pray the offering. You may be seated as well. Sorry. Uh, just before we start the, 
You guys go ahead and start handing that out. But before I pray for the offering, I just wanted to say, um, I got to witness right before church exactly what John was talking about. We confess, we pray, we train. And she doesn't know I'm going to do this, but my wife wasn't quite feeling it lately. And being able to confess that not only to me, but to Desiree, somebody that we've done life with, we've had life with, we've had dinner with, just to confess that with her and just to talk about it as a form of prayer, it, it just filled me up with so much joy just to see that, you know, and for her to experience that kind of situation and to see her bring brought the tears because of worship, it's just it's just amazing to see. So we don't we don't take this stuff lightly, people. We like we love what we put up there, what John comes up with, like it's life changing. Um, so at this time I just wanted to pray for the offering. Uh, Father God, I just thank you for everybody here. Lord God, I just pray that you open their hearts and you allow them to give whatever it is that you put on their hearts, Father God. We just pray that the funds that we receive, Lord God, goes for your mission and for your glory, Lord God. We thank you for everything you've done for us. In my name we pray. Uh, also, I'm just going to talk about some of the announcements today. Uh, tomorrow, we're actually going to have community table. So if you guys don't know what that is, we actually set up the whole sanctuary, like a cafe, cafeteria style. We have food set up in the foyer, buffet style stuff. We feed the community. It's free. You guys don't have to worry about paying or paying for dinner, making dinner. It's just a time for us to come together, sit down, enjoy a meal, chat, bring a friend, bring a neighbor, bring five neighbors. I, I really don't care, you know? The whole purpose behind it is to to fill that uh, community poverty, you know, having that eliminated, you know, nobody can have an excuse saying, I don't know nobody in my community. Well, here's an opportunity to get somebody to know, to talk to, go have coffee with, you know, have a conversation like, oh, I have three kids too. That's awesome. Maybe we should do a play date. You know, it's just an opening. And that's just something me and my wife have been on our hearts to, to push for. And like I said, we have one tomorrow at six o'clock. So come help, come come eat, come kick it, you know, just enjoy your time. He's so hot. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but thank you. Um, the next announcements that we have, our life groups. So I know Julie talked about it today, but um, life groups are really important. And she said it. She struck it right on the head. If you guys are not um, involved, it's so important to get involved. And I know if you guys aren't afraid to raise your hands, who's afraid of getting to know people? I know I am. Okay. Well, no one. Thank you. That was great. You guys are amazing. <laughs> um, thank you for the support. Um, no. So since you guys are not afraid of people, you guys should get in a life group, right? Yes, everyone should be clapping. I need some clapping here. Um, <laughs> but no, it's a place to be real with one another. We have eight different groups that are going on, um, and it's a place to get to know one another. If you don't know anybody in this church, then go to a life group. I know it's scary. It's scary for the leaders, too, because we're like, uh-oh, what are they going to think? Last time we did a life group, we had a dog who was 16, and she was dropping turds all over the house. So that was a little embarrassing. Um, so it's scary as life group leaders, too. But 
we have all been in your shoes and we want to let you know that we're here for you, that we um, are providing, we're opening our doors to you and we are, we are welcoming you into our homes and um, we just want to know your story. And I think that's, that's pretty much what it is. And we're going to be going over the series Rooted. Um, so it's a nine-week series, and it's, uh, we're going to be talking about it here in church. But there's also a book that you can purchase out in the lobby. Um, so if you guys want to dive deeper into your faith, get to know a little bit more, um, go ahead and purchase that book. It's not forced. You don't have to, but if you want to, if you're challenging yourself this year to go deeper in your relationship with God, I challenge you to get a book and sit down five minutes a day and actually develop, you know, start training, start your training, right? All right. Um, I think that's it. Did I miss anything? Oh, oh, you could, I'm sorry. You could text the leaders. So if you have a pamphlet, their numbers are in the pamphlet. So you could text the leaders and just say, hey, I want to join your life group. If they don't respond, then find their picture and find them in church and be like, hey, I text you. What happened? Make them feel awkward. You know, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I'm not. But all right. <laughs> um, we're going to close out and we're just going to pray. Um, if you guys will bow your heads with me. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for this time that you give us together, Lord. I just pray that our worship, our prayer, our um, just our life with you doesn't stop here on a Sunday morning, Lord. I pray that we're able to take you with us, Lord, that you are able to equip us with what it is we need to be um, your soldiers out in the world, Lord, to be there and to be your um, to be your hands and feet. So, Father God, I just pray over everyone today. I pray that they would get involved, Lord, um, and and that you would just transform them, Lord. I love you, and we love you, and we thank you, and in your name we pray. Amen. Oh, and clean up around you. Um, just go ahead and pick up your trash if you have trash around because there's a service that comes in after. Amen. Bye.